My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience's mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Hello, everyone. This is Gail, a.k.a. Sunshine. Welcome to an episode of Keeping It Real on the Campfires of Hope podcast, where we'll dig a bit deeper into the mental and emotional highs and lows of cancer survivorship. Today, we have Dana Lee, who is joining us around the campfire. Dana, welcome. It's so good to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where are you from? And also, please include one fun fact. Well, I'm of middle age. I was I'm born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. I am a single mom with two grown children, ages 26 and 21. Uh, I am an oncology nurse navigator, and that means that I navigate uh, cancer patients through their journey. And my focus is with lung cancer patients. Uh, I currently work at the Brown Cancer Center, and that's a part of the U of L Health System. And this coming January, I will have be celebrating my 34th year there. I enjoy working there mainly because it's an academic center and uh, they're always learning new things. And I love to do anything that involves being with family and friends and being outdoors. Um, hiking is what I'm most passionate about. Hence my camp name is Hiker. Love it. And this leads into my fun fact. Um, so before cancer, I was always an avid runner. I've run many marathons and marathons, but since I've been diagnosed with my cancer uh, in 2020, I haven't been able to um, run like that anymore. And that was a real big stress reliever for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hiking has become more of um, my passion. And since I've been, um, when I was diagnosed, since I've been diagnosed in 2020, I've had like three surgeries and 46 rounds of chemotherapy, but I have managed to hike in 11 different states since I've been sick. That is awesome. I love it. Yes. I can definitely relate to that, that whole shift um, from running to hiking. So that is amazing. So let's get a quick cancer brief. When were you diagnosed? You can just give us the year. What was your diagnosis? And when did you finish treatment? So I was diagnosed in June of 2020. Uh, my colon cancer was found um, on a, my screening colonoscopy, which at that time, the screening age was 50. Uh, it was during COVID. Um, after my uh, diagnosis, uh, they did a scan. It didn't hadn't spread anywhere. So I was able to have the surgery, which I was a stage three. I had my six months of chemotherapy. Uh, six months later, my cancer returned on uh, my ovary and liver, and I had both of those removed. Uh, I had four more months of chemotherapy. Uh, five months later, uh, my cancer recurred again on my liver, and I had another surgery. 
And I restarted treatment last August. And so far to date, I've had uh, 42 rounds of chemotherapy. Wow. So when you started, your first initial diagnosis then was stage three. Yes. And what I'm hearing is that since then, you have been moved to stage four. Is that That's correct. correct? Mm -hmm. So what was it like to hear? Well, first, you have cancer, but then to know that it has gone on to be stage four. Well, initially, um, when I found out I had cancer, it was like having the rug really pulled out from under my feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me because I was in the best shape of my life, running many marathons and marathons. I was working full time, going to school for my master's, and I had no symptoms uh, and I have no family history of cancer. So I'm the Mm -hmm. only person. Uh, my, my grandma did have melanoma, but nothing like what I'm going through now. Right. Um, when my cancer came back the first time, um, I was really devastated because um, my biggest fear had now become a reality. Yeah. I had crossed over the line to stage four cancer, and that was really difficult for me. What made it like, I mean, you hear stage three, stage four, right? In one sense, that's just a number. But for you, what made what made that so much more uh, dramatic, taxing, overwhelming to know that you were stage four? Well, uh, because the survival rate goes down Yeah, when you come to stage four. Um, and so that was, you know, like my boon and my biggest fears for, mm-hmm. you know, for it to come back. And um, actually, this last recurrence was really when I felt the most defeated yeah. um, and helpless um, because you just don't have any control over what's happening. And, you know, I was pretty healthy before and um, was trying to improve even being more healthy, changing health habits. And it just was a big smack in the face. You know, Yeah, I can imagine it's a very helpless feeling here. I mean, you're not just healthy. You're like running marathons, right? Right. I mean, you are in the prime of your health and yet you get cancer. And then not only do you get it, but it comes back after doing treatment, I can imagine it was a very helpless feeling. Did it, did that whole experience cause you to kind of reflect on your own mortality? It did. And I, and I, it was just a little bit at a time. I'm a slow processor mm-hmm. and I know that about myself and, and I'm an oncology nurse, which is good and bad in this situation. Exactly. A little bit of knowledge. Um, and I'm an overthinker. And so, you know, my last recurrence was really my rock bottom because mm. um, I felt like it just kept coming back and and having surgeries and, and, you know, three major surgeries in like two years and all this chemotherapy. And it was just really starting to get to me yeah, uh, just physically, but mentally. And even when I saw my last, um, when my last recurrence, my oncologist came into the room, when she came in the room, she agreed to see me earlier and move up my appointment. And then when she came in the room, I told her, I said, I don't want to talk about prognosis. Hmm. I don't want to talk about statistics. Yeah. Because I already knew I was in a bad situation here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to hold on to hope. And I didn't, since I'm an overthinker, I, you know, I can just see me going through all these scenarios and going down the rabbit hole. And, um, yeah. and I just really wanted to hold on to my hope. And over the past year, I've had a couple of friends that had really turned into mentors for me that had stage hmm. four colon cancer. Um, and I have a few friends now that are 
going through some hard uh, recurrences and some hard times. And so it's just definitely been a challenge not to think about uh, my yeah. mortality. It just kind of seems con it's in the past year. It's just kind of seemed kind of constant. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've incorporated some things uh, that I do with some tools and resources that have really helped me kind of manage that. The best How so? Well, in the beginning, I will say that I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> um, pretty reactive. Yeah. And uh, because I just had so much fear and um, I was in survival mode. Yeah, for sure. And I just, you know, in the beginning, put my head down and just kind of power through it first couple of times. And the first time when it was over in survivorship, it was just kind of like, I'm so, well, man, I'm glad that's over with. I just want to get on with my life. And um, that wasn't going to be the case. And, hmm. you know, um, no one really tells you about that when you finish your treatment. And so I had joined a support group and um, I really leaned on those people there in my support group because they really knew and understood what I was going through because they had actually been through it. And so that really helped me a lot. And I started incorporating prayer and gratitude into my daily practice. And that seemed to really help me. And then the hiking started picking up. Yeah. Um, you know, after my second recurrence, I found the podcast that I, um, mm -hmm. the four time colon cancer, uh, stage four survivor and the topics that she discussed really kind of resonated with me. And mm -hmm. I would listen to them over and over and um, I started doing some meditations and some of the things that she was recommending us uh, to do. And um, people were giving me books with daily meditations. And so I was reading those and um, I continued to hike and started to actually do a little bit traveling. Um, but with my last recurrence, that's when I just kind of felt, like I said, the most devastated and helpless. And so I, I reached out to um, a couple of the friends that I had talked about before who mm -hmm. were stage four, uh, because I was just really mentally getting tired of fighting. Everyone's like, you know, you got to fight. And so yeah. you know, talking with them and seeing how they're living their life was such an inspiration to me, uh, mm -hmm. how they kind of um, the outlook and their perspective and so that really helped me. And so what I tried to start doing was trying to start like surrendering, you know, some of the mental behavior yeah. and things that I was doing before. Um, and at first I kind of felt like, you know, you know, are you giving up? Or, you know, and it's like, no, hmm. you're not really giving up. Yeah. Um, what I started to feel as I continued to work on it, you know, um, with journaling and talking with people is started to kind of feel empowered awesome uh, uh and a little bit stronger mentally and not every day's a good day you know yeah. me um but for the most part it, i have really kind of shifted from that survival mode to kind of like a thriver type yeah mode. and um i still have to work on it consistently yeah you know because yeah. if I don't you know i'm gonna just kind of veer off the, off the road and, um, and it, you know, doing all these things every day just really kind of keeps me strong. And it's also helped my relationship with myself, hmm. um, in, in my family and friends and in my healthcare provider. Um, all those things have, have improved a lot. Yeah. When you say you feel empowered, do you feel empowered to 
control what you can, go for a hike, whatever it happens to be. Exactly. Um, Because living with cancer has definitely changed the landscape of my life. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, I still grieve for what has been lost um, Mm -hmm. with my health. But, you know, I I just try to live with more intention. Yeah. And try to, to really value the time that I have and just live in the present and exactly. not so much in the future. I mean, I do try to, you know, I do envision, um, try to envision my future and keep things positive, but, um, you know, it's just try to keep it real. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that sounds like your outlook on life has changed that you have been able to at least accept, not that you like it, but accept where you are and, do whatever you can where you are, whether that's hike or meditate or spend time with family or whatever. Would you say that your outlook on life in general has changed through this whole process? Uh, Most definitely. Like I said, you don't, you know, I've kind of learned to embrace my situation a little Mm -hmm. bit better uh, over the years with all the work I've done and um, all the people that I've encountered. I've, I've just met so many people uh, mm. through my journey. And so it's, I guess, you know, I still am faced with my mortality, you know, every time I get a scan or, right. you know, I'm getting my labs drawn, making, you know, hoping that nothing's going to show up right. on that. And, you know, I getting that like every three weeks and my scans every three months. So wow. yeah, it's definitely kind of, I've kind of learned to try to control what's in what I can control. Exactly. And that's doing the things that for myself and actually it kind of self-care gives me strength. It makes me feel stronger um, sure. and um, helping others. I've been able, since I felt the way I felt, I've been reaching out and helping others and advocating for screening. And so I just hope that somehow my story will kind of help inspire other people. That's great. What do you think is your biggest victory on a personal level? through this whole time? Is it something mental, emotional, physical combination? What has it been for you? Um, I think my biggest victory is, you know, I've been able to put my story out there. Mm. When I was first diagnosed, I only told a handful of people and I didn't tell my children and my family right away because I wanted to have a plan in place. So I had a few friends that I just told, and uh, I didn't tell the people at work. I was just hmm. really, it was COVID. I was really overwhelmed and yeah. um, had the surgery. And then I knew that I wanted to be treated where I work just because I know the work we do there and there's a trust level there, but something kind of a private person. So they were just really shocked when I came back after being off for six weeks that I'd never told anyone that uh, when I was going through and they just wanted to help, you know, and yeah. I did that. but um, I was just having a hard time, you know, talking about it. But after my chemotherapy, I started coming out on social media mm-hmm. and I was starting to get feedback from other people and people message me and say, Hey, you know, my sister's just been diagnosed with colon cancer. Can I call and talk to you? And then can you call and talk to my sister? And mm-hmm. so I've had a lot of encounters like that and um, try to get people to join the support group that I'm in. But then they really 
weren't interested. So I still kind of keep in touch with them over the phone and see, you know, we keep in touch with each other, how we're doing and what's going on and that kind of thing. So um, it feels like that kind of gives my life some purpose Mm -hmm. and being able to advocate because I really don't want people um, to go through what I've been through. And Mm -hmm. the teen age has been moved up to 45. So I really just want to um, just, just really try to help advocate for others. Um, Because at first, after I, you know, I'm a doer, I do a lot of things. I like to do things. And so it's just kind of like when I was diagnosed, it was just kind of like, well, you know, I got stage four cancer, you know, what can I do? Right. Oh, and I'm working full time to, to try to support myself. And I'm trying to exercise and do all these things. But, you know, I just do do what I can. And, uh, you know, I'm involved with our colon cancer prevention project, um, local chapter. And, you know, we're just, um, they just let me do what I can to help out. And so that Mm -hmm. makes me feel really, really good. Well, that's a huge victory, not just for yourself, but all the people that you're talking to, right? All the people who you've been able to help the, the people who call and say, my sister has colon cancer or the people that you meet in a support group or that you reach out to online. That's huge. Yeah. When I um, did a local um, spot on the news, um, I had waiting for me when I got back to work about a week later, this little package that was from Michigan. And it was actually from um, this lady who does bracelets. Um, She started doing them for her friend who passed of breast cancer. And now she does for all cancers. Mm -hmm. And somehow my story reached her in Michigan. Wow! And so she just sent me this nice little gift and this card and told me she was thinking about me and, and everything. And so, I mean, I have just really been connecting with other people all over and um, actually went out to California to do a hike with the fight colorectal cancer fight CRC. I won a scholarship and all inclusive paid. And so I just met a lot of people out there that I still keep in touch with. And so things like that really help keep me going. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would want to share with someone listening uh, that I haven't directly asked you about? Um, not really. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to really try to accept the be- your situation the best you can. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, but it's it's kind of much easier if you can kind of let your guard down and just kind of lean in and find your tools and resources things that will help support you mentally, physically, and um, find your tribe. I mm. mean, you can learn to live a meaningful life with with cancer. Um, and, you know, just kind of take this as a time to kind of reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being vulnerable, for keeping it real, and for sharing your story. Um, I'm sure there is someone out there with stage four or colon cancer specifically or the combination of both who will uh, benefit from hearing uh, the things that you've shared. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And to those of you listening, thank you for keeping it real with us. Until the next time we gather around the campfire, keep living beyond cancer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. 
For more information about Epic Experience and our programs or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. Well, he's still on that side.